a God who is good, we ask that you would be present with us um, this day. We ask that your spirit would speak to us and open our eyes to your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Friends, this morning we come to celebrate Consecration Sunday. Uh, this is the day that we come together to lift up uh, the praise of our God, and we come together uh, to give of our commitment cards. This is something we have been talking about for the past several weeks. Uh, today we put these uh, filled out cards in the offering plate. Uh, there are a couple of things that I would like us to do uh, this morning when we are giving of our tithes and our offering. I think, Ryan, could you lower me a little bit? Maybe the gain, cut the gain a little bit. All right, that sounds, yes, thank you. All right, so today we are going to be celebrating God, uh, filling these, uh, this out and putting it in the offering plate uh, as an act of worship. Last week we looked uh, at what is, um, what is worship, and we looked at how we can worship our God uh, through our giving. Uh, we looked at Malachi 1 uh, and uh, ended with Malachi 3.10. So that is something we're going to be doing. After the offering is done, I would uh, like to invite the congregation as we sing, uh, as David leads us in a solo, um, called Thank You. At that time, I want to invite each one of us uh, to come forward here uh, and to say a word of prayer uh, uh, as an act of standing before God's altar. I want to invite you to come stand here for 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, how long you want to be, that's left up to you. Uh, that, but to just to say a prayer of thank you for all the ways that God has blessed you and also lifting up the ministries of our church. I would like us to do uh, with these two things uh, at the end of the service. The reason year after year we do uh, pledge cards is because this is something that is rooted in both Old Testament and New Testament scriptures. So I want us to prayerfully put this pledge card um, as a sign of our gratitude for all that God has done for our lives. So today's uh, scripture um, is a list of familiar names uh, from Hebrew 11. Uh, these Hebrew 11 is always referred to as the Hall of Fame entries. There's a cloud of witnesses, saints who have gone before us. Um, and the beauty of these names uh, that have been listed in Hebrew is these are well-known names for the most part. When you hear these biblical characters, each one of us can rattle off a story. When you hear names, um, you can think about a Sunday school story that kind of joins this person uh, with them. And so here are these names uh, that were lifted up. Cain, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, the prostitute, Gideon, David, Barak, Samson, Samuel, just a list a few of them. And when you read these names, I'm sure you saw a Sunday school story. When I heard the word Abraham, the first thing that came to mind was Father Abraham. Da -da 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 -da. You all know the song? Or, all right, thank you. All right. So that's the first thing that came to mind, right? Right. The story of Abraham, the father of our, uh, the Israeli people in the uh, how God promised him uh, a land and a nation and how he followed out. And then 
his son Isaac, you know, we remember the story, how, how he was obedient even to the point of death. Like Isaac just laid there um, after carrying the wood uh, up on that mountain, and he laid there because his father was doing what God commanded him to do. And then we hear the story of Joseph. Joseph, the annoying little brother. Anybody have an annoying little brother? All right. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that guy was annoying all the time. But then God raised him to rescue the people of Israel. And then the story of Moses. Oh, there are too many stories about Moses when you think about it. How God delivered uh, this baby through the waters of adoption. How Moses led the people out of slavery uh, in Egypt to the freedom in the land of Cana. Rahab the prostitute who helped the spies in Jericho. Even though she never met a Hebrew person, she knew that they worshipped the living God. And in doing so, she worshipped the living God and how God rescued her. The story of Gideon. God looks at Gideon and calls him a mighty warrior. Gideon is the most timid farmer you can ever find in the entire nation of Israel and how God raised Gideon up to fight the battle. Read that story. The story of David. Too many stories. David and Goliath. You all remember that? Right? How God uh, was with David all his life and how he raised the kingdom of Israel and the relationship that he had with God. And then the story of Samson, a man of God who fell from grace. You know, and then he finally recovered that relationship. The story of Prophet Samuel, he was one of the greatest prophets ever lived and served the nation of Israel. Friends, all this is a small list of the members of the Hall of Fame as noted in Hebrews 11. The author here notes that every one of them is a hero, and the reason they have entered the Hall of Fame is not because of their accomplishments, but because of their faith. They had faith in the living God. They had faith in the God that they cannot see, but yet they worship. They had faith in this God. When you talk about faith, it's extremely simple and yet so complex. In simple terms, faith is what? Faith is trusting in God to take care of us. Faith is knowing that we may believe in Jesus. We are given the gift of salvation. That is the assurance that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ gives us salvation. That is what faith is. It is simple as that. But the writer of Hebrews kind of complicates this and puts some fancy words around it. And this is what we read. Now faith is the assurance of things ha hoped for. The convictions of things not seen. Instead, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the Lord our God. So that in what we see was made from things that are not yet visible. See, faith is a key to Christianity. Without faith, Hebrews 11, 6 we read, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is key to our Christianity. When you say you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, when we uh, sing the songs that we sing today or say the Apostles' Creed, we are making a statement of faith. That is it. 
So this morning, I want to look at the first guy that was listed in this hall of fame of faith, of someone who had faith. It's a name, guy named Abel. Abel did something that his brother Cain did not do. And for that reason, Abel was approved by God. See, when we look at the story of Cain and Abel, we need to turn back to the first book of the Bible, that is Genesis, and that's where the story of Cain and Abel is there. It comes to us from chapter 4, and this is how we read it. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Verse 4. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offerings. But on Cain and his offerings, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Right? Two brothers, one grows uh, vegetables, one guy has animals. And God accepts the guys that had an animal and the crops. God does not accept it. And there are many theologians who have wrestled and argued um, over why did God accept Abel's offering and reject Cain's offering. One of my favorite interpretations, I don't know the name of the theologian um, that <clears throat> coined this, but uh, anyway, this guy said the reason God accepted Abel's offering is because this proves that our God, our living God that we worship night and day, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who we call our Savior, this God is not a vegetarian because he accepted the beautiful aroma from grilling an animal on a fire, right? Isn't that smell good, right? Do you know how many spices you need to put on vegetables for in order for them to smell good? Right? So that is one argument. That is one argument. But all kidding aside, I think there's a reason why God uh, said yes to one and no to the other. Why God accepted one offering. Um, because I think one was grounded in faith. One was grounded in faith. And one was not grounded in faith. I want to remind you again that Cain and Abel lived in an agricultural society. They lived before we had refrigerations and modern technology. The land produced what they ate. When the land was fruitful, it was plentiful. When the land was not fruitful, they starved. See, these families constantly had to battle the unknown future. What is going to happen next is a big question mark for them. Because if it did not rain, that, and if pestilence would take over their crops, that would lead to famine. An unknown and harsh future was their everyday reality. Think about it. They had no clue what tomorrow would bring. They didn't have any fancy weather apps of fertilizers that could kill the pesticides, uh, kill all the, the bugs that are on the crops. They couldn't give their cattle antibodies so that they can be healthy. Days, Cain and Abel, 
they literally were at the mercy of the elements. As I said before, Cain and Abel's offering was a matter of faith. Genesis 4.3, we read, In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions of the firstborn of his flock. The, law, the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain, his offerings did not look with favor. The key words for us to consider here is what is in Cain's offering and the descriptives used in Cain's offering. And the same for Abel's offering. In Cain's offering, we read, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Abel brought an offering of fat portions from the firstborn of his flock. Cain brought some stuff and gave it to the Lord as an offering. He got some stuff. But Abel, on the other hand, he got fat portions of the firstborn. See, Cain and Abel both faced an uncertain future. Both knew that they were living in uncertain times, not knowing what the future holds. So Cain decided to bring some offering and give it to the Lord. But Abel decided to bring fat portions of the firstborn. Abel had faith that God would provide and that he would be there with him. So he brought the firstborn portions to the Lord. He did not say to himself, I'm going to see, I'm going to keep the firstborn of this litter for myself. See what happens next. Then I will take it to the Lord. He didn't do that. He gave the first portion of his flock to God. He gave to God first. On the other hand, Cain did not. He gave some of the produce of the land. Friends, when we give first to God with intentionality, God is going to bless us. God is going to accept our offering. What Abel did was an act of worship. Abel said, I don't know the, what the future holds, but I will give to God as my firstborn flock. This is an act of worship. This is an intentional act of worship. Not giving to God after we've spent all on everything else and see what is remaining and give to God. That's not what Abel did. Last week, we looked at Malachi 3.10. And this is what we read. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and I will, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not room enough for you to store it. God is saying, bring your whole tithe in and I will open the floodgates of heaven and pour so many blessings on you that you will not have enough room to store it. God is saying, test me. God is saying, test me. Friends, I want to share a couple of stories. Uh, these are personal stories. Um, the intent of the stories is not to make um, myself look as the hero of the story. I usually tend to be the butt of the story. Um, these stories are not supposed to make me look good. But the, uh, this is what happened in our lives. 
So I want to share the stories. <clears throat> so Kristen and I have practiced generous living. Uh, we started to give intentionally. Each week uh, we give, it's an automatic deduction from our bank. Uh, our first fruits go to church. And we have seen God bless us. We gave faithfully. Uh, we were audited by the IRS twice. <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty scary when you get that letter. <laughs> your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up. So this IRS agent, I had to call him, give my all information, my mother's maiden name, my date of birth, my DNA, everything, right? And then he said, okay, I see you're the right guy. I need to talk to you. I said, all right, let's talk. And he said, do you really have two kids in your house? question is that? Like, he said, yes, I have two kids in my house. He's like, you have two adopted kids. I was like, yes, we have two adopted kids. And it lists that you give so much away. And I said, yes. And I said, like, what are you going after? He goes, you have no money. <laughs> Do you really have kids? <laughs> and I said to him, can you give me your home phone number because I'm going to call you at 3 in the morning when I'm changing the diaper, all right? <laughs> right? And God was faithful. God was faithful. That was the testament for our faith. God was faithful in the midst of all that. And we are a testament. Christ and I are a testament that we cannot, we cannot outgive God. I don't know how this works, but it does. There was a particular year, uh, this was before Josiah was born and Kristen was working part-time, um, and I wanted to preach uh, <clears throat> and live out everything that I say from the pulpit. So that year, uh, Kristen and I sat together, filled out this card, um, and we were hesitant. It was, it was hard. The times were hard for us, um, and we put it in the pledge card, um, and 11 months passed by, and I was getting ready for this, you know, the rhythm of life kind of thing. I was getting ready for the next stewardship sermon series. And one Sunday in November, um, mid-November, around this time, um, my treasurer came to me, our church treasurer. She said, can I talk to you? And I said, can we talk after church? Because I thought something was wrong, you know? And so anyway, so we went into our office. I'm trembling. I was like, what happened? Um, and she said, Pastor, we just realized something as I was doing the books, you know, because the errand is coming up. Uh, I realized that, you know, we've been taking too much money away from you for your health care. You know, so I'm going to write you a check for this amount of money uh, for you to have. And I was delighted. God showed up. And there was money there. And I was like, finally, like, I can, you can put all this money in retirement. I can do all these things. I come home. I'm excited that God is good. God is faithful. And how, and I share the story. And I tell Kristen what we're going to do with the money. And Kristen looks at me and she says, hello, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, I want to invite you into your journey of generous giving. Into your journey of generous giving. You cannot outgive God. We have experienced the floodgates of heaven opening in our lives. All because we worship God with our tithes. A tithe is a 10% of all that you earn. Read in the Old Testament and the New Testament scriptures. Tithe is a baseline. Our goal is to give 10%. Some of us are in positions where we can be about 10%. And for others, we're below that goal line. This year, 
I want to invite you. I want to invite you to take a step of faith, knowing that you'll be blessed when you give to God first, knowing that God is going to open the floodgates of heaven and pour them down on you. This morning, I want you to take a step of faith by filling out this card and placing it in the offering plate as your act of worship, as your intentional way of saying, this is what we as a family are committing to give to the ministries of this church. Friends, this is your act of worship. After we take this morning's offering, I want to invite us uh, to a time of prayer as well. So I want to invite the band to come forward at this time. Thank you, thank you, Alfred. Let us worship our God with our tithes and our offerings. Just to know. 